Welcome to the show. Paul George here, right next to Adam Conk. How you doing, man? Great. And you, Paul? Great. Great to be with you guys today. Thanks for listening in. Uh, it's great to be here, man. It is. I mean... The weather's Louis- great. Louisiana is not normally this cool. The only thing I wish about That's studios wonderful. is that they would have windows to the outside. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people from other areas would appreciate this, but when you get good weather in Louisiana, it is exciting. Yeah, spring. <laughs> It's like, wow. Yep. I'm a sucker for spring. Spring's awesome. Yeah. Spring. Before the mosquitoes come out, it's good stuff. Yeah, because it, do, it does get hot and sticky, and the mosquitoes come out. And, uh, you know, if you live in the south anywhere, you know all about that. But uh, Indeed. Yeah. And we talked about those mosquito trucks that go around and, and spray. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. God bless the mosquito truck guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of sound like crop duster airplanes coming through your neighborhood. Yeah, they, that's a good point. They kind of do. So you're like, is there a plane? No, 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 no. <laughs> it is a mosquito spraying truck. I wonder if I would jog behind one of those one morning if I could sue the city. You would end up sick because there's no telling what kind of chemicals are coming out of that thing. Yeah, but I can tell you what's not going to be on me, mosquitoes. <laughs> that's true. Well, and plus you run so fast, Adam, a mosquito right. can never stick to you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point, Paul. Yeah, yeah. When's the last considered... time you ran? To be honest with you, this is crazy we're talking about this. Okay. This week, for the first time in my life. In your life. Like, ever. Right. I got out of my house uh-huh. early in the morning. Yep. And went for a jog around town. It's just random. Several times. Random. You no, know, I was like, because I'd always thought that was a really silly thing to do. It's like nobody's chasing you. You're not chasing anyone. Why What's run? the point? You're not playing basketball or something. So your your idea of exercise is like an activity. Like let me that play basketball or cardio stuff. Bocce and then I do I do like or... weightlifting or something like that. But yeah, bocce ball is thrilling. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I just. I never thought running would ever be part of my life. I just thought it was very silly. But then this week, boom. And was that a one-time deal? No. Are you committed? I felt great. You're in it to win it? I think so, because I realized how out of shape I was. Yes. Like, goodness gracious. Yeah. I never felt so silly. Yeah, and you don't want to get that old dad bod, bro. No. I mean, because you're still a little young, and you got like 100 kids. Yeah. Seven. 107. 107. (laughs) 100 minus... 93. Um, Yeah, so... Anyway, so funny you should mention that this morning. I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. Yeah. Do you run or jog around the neighborhood? Yeah, I just don't want that that old dad bod, bro. So you do? You run around? You oh, put yeah. on your tennis shoes oh, and yeah. I'll hit do, the road? I'll, I'll do whatever. Good for you, man. Yeah. So, yeah. so proud of you. All right, man. Have you seen this? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? Okay, so this is a setup question because I know you've seen it because you're on top of the news, but... Uh, so they did an article, surprising results reveal the most Catholic cities in America. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Okay, so the most Catholic cities in America. So, you know, in Texas, El Paso, Texas, Corpus Christi, Texas, um, Brownsville, Texas, so South Texas, like 42, 41, 39% Catholic, a lot of Hispanic Catholics. Yeah. Um, you know, other cities around the world, uh, around the country, sorry. Um, but, but did you know that the most Catholic city in America is Lafayette, Louisiana? Woo! Which is where we are right now. Yeah, where we live. So if you're on the podcast or you're listening somewhere else, maybe that doesn't get you excited. But <laughs> we actually live 
in Lafayette, Louisiana. It's the most Catholic city. So, And if you don't think this is a big victory, just consider for a moment the rest of Louisiana. Because a lot of people, because of Lafayette area, a lot of people assume Louisiana is a very Catholic state. Tis not the case. All right? North Louisiana has the highest concentration of Southern Baptists in the world. Right. So our state's split in half, basically. So you go up like halfway Alexandria, they call it like the crossroads area. Mm -hmm. So and above, it becomes more the Bible Belt, quote-unquote, that term. And then south of that, you know, is more the Catholic population. The French settled here, the Spanish... Mm -hmm. You know, so they brought the Catholic influence here. Interestingly enough, is that influence has really stayed. Yeah. And so the statistic is 50% uh, Lafayette. Now, that's actually down. It used to be higher than that. So yeah. so warning we're signs. Slipping. We're slipping. <laughs> uh, but I do think, like, you know, we have uh, the ability to continue to create that culture here, but then send people out to other places. You know, I... Uh I won't mention his name, but there was a prominent Catholic theologian who, because Lafayette is kind of, it's Catholic famous. It's not famous, but it's Catholic famous, meaning a lot of people are aware of our Catholicism here. And anyway, he said, a challenging word, he said, look, I hear all the time about how Catholic it is down there. Right. When are you going to start doing something? Right. When are you going to start exporting? <laughs> That's and good. This, this, was a, this was a dude, all right? Yeah. So I've always kept that challenge in mind because it's true. Right. It's very true. Right. Well, um, you know, we're Christian here uh, in America, United States, uh, and we're Catholic. uh, And originally, like, Europe sent missionaries here. Mm -hmm. You know, so all our old churches and all the the history, uh, those were missionaries that came down and and began the faith down here. So Europe sent missionaries. Now it's it's, it's incredible. In part, almost like our turn to start sending missionaries back, obviously, to Europe because they really need it. They're in huge decline of the faith, and secularism has just wiped out their culture. Uh, And I I agree with you 100%. Whoever said that. All right, I'll just say it. Okay. It's Dr. Scott Hahn. Yes. Bingo. Who lives in a very Catholic town himself, Steubenville, Ohio. Uh, and they do pump out a lot of missionaries through Franciscan University, right? People yeah. who are working in the church and whatnot. And he wasn't being ugly about it. It was just kind of a challenge to say, like, no, okay, great, you not. have this this deep bench of faith. Yep. Share it with us. Yep. <laughs> I will have to say, though, since he said that, Mr. Carlo Broussard is going to Catholic Answers. Yeah. He's from just a few miles away. Right. Paul George is on the air right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I've I've traveled all over, and you know, my wife and I. The first thing we, you know, after we got married, we moved away. We spent mm-hmm. years in other cities doing mission work, and here we are. We're we're back in Lafayette, not not because it was the most Catholic city in America. It's just because it's actually where we're from. Now, a few years ago, yeah, Lafayette was called the happiest city in America. We lost that. Uh, who, who's happiest now? It's not us anymore. Who is it? Uh, you know why? <laughs> the economy. Oh yeah, <laughs> kind of hurts. So a lot of yeah. people had to move, you know, move or find different jobs. I but I don't I, I don't know. How, see with us. with with the statistic on, you know, the faith. There's actual statistic, right? You know, there's fifty percent Catholic. Yeah, the happiest or whatever. thing was just kind of the like, happiest thing is sort of the subjective. Yeah. So so you have to define happiness first, and then you kind of have to say, yeah. well, you know, like what is it? What is it that makes you happy? Or you know, so it's a subjective survey. Where where this is actual? Can I give you some subjective statistics sure. related? Yeah. 
So Lafayette is 50% Catholic, mm-hmm. right? But only 2% can actually say the word Catholic. Without an F? Right. Instead of Catholic. Right. Now, we're 50% that identify as Catholic, but I would say, honestly, if you would get that statistic in any town, if you're listening, so if you're saying, you know, we're 5% Catholic in our city, mm-hmm. uh, we're 20%, we're 30 we're 50%, whatever the case may be, uh, the percentage of people who are actually practicing their faith decreases tremendously. Yep. So if you'd say, okay, we're 50% Catholic, how many Catholics actually practice their faith, live their faith, go to Mass weekly, that statistic would probably be half at least, so or, or maybe like less. 25. So 20, 20% is, 20, yeah. is the latest statistic I said. So, you know, when people say, well, you're living in a really Catholic town, you know, the reality is our first mission is to the 30% of people who identify as Catholic who aren't practicing their faith, which is the majority of Catholics, yep. that we have to begin to re-evangelize and, and, and bring the good news to so that they can be reignited, reintroduced to the faith so they can live it. And yep. that's what the new evangelization is. It's basically the first component of the new evangelization is re-evangelizing those who are marginalized, disenchanted, fallen away, give it whatever. Mm-hmm. name you want. Yeah. Well, and that's the scandal of reducing the gospel to mediocre standards. Right. Because what happens is people will start leaving. Yeah. And if we don't hold ourselves to an integrity of faith and missionary activity as a church, then we, we used to be 60% Catholic. Now we're 50. 50. And not, I'm not complaining about being the most Catholic city in the country, right? Right. <laughs> but, but where we are is we, we are experiencing a need, this renewal, where we recommit ourselves to this high standard of the gospel so that um, those 30% or whoever's, you know, come back to the faith, but they come back to something that actually feeds them and actually nurtures them, you know? Amen to that. This is good. This is good. So this is Paul George Show. Excited to have you guys listening today. We have a great guest. Hey, Paul, yeah. is this the most Catholic show on podcast? In Lafayette. In Lafayette. In Lafayette. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Paul George Show. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul George here. Great to be with you. Excited to have our friend really my friend recurring guest chris faddis phoenix arizona chris what's going on bro hello sir you know things are good we're just uh enjoying life <laughs> yeah you and, are uh, really yes having a great time you are look the time change i know it, it always kind of gets to me so now we're two hours difference instead of one so if people don't know this arizona doesn't have daylight savings time which is brilliant by the way Dude, I didn't know this till yesterday that most countries don't change time zones. Yeah, I think like they the, don't have that. It's the most like obvious thing people should do. do it. Yeah. Let's Seriously. just keep the same time all year round, everyone. Thank you. Right. 
And so when I lived out in Arizona, it was great. You never had to worry about it. But what happens is the rest of the country changes times and then you lose track on where they are. And so you and I used to be an hour different. Now we're two hours different right. and it's early there. So thanks for taking the time. So bro, uh, Chris works Solidarity HealthShare, um, friend uh, and companion. We've been doing work together for years. Uh, but you got a little bit of fun news happening in your home these days. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, well. We had, you know, we just had a baby last May, so she'll, she'll be one coming up, and we found out in January we're pregnant again. So we are, um, we are due in October with our fifth baby on Earth, and we've got we've got one in heaven. So we probably need her to be really praying for us right now. <laughs> and yeah, so we're about to we're about to exceed that uh, that threshold where you start to get crazy looks in the in the grocery store. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Know the looks. Um, so anyway, how's this work with Solidarity HealthShare? Um, so you, you guys are pregnant. You're a member, so it's not like you get, you know, you get, uh, and and you you work for the organization. Solidarity HealthShare is a health sharing organization. They're a nonprofit, Catholic. It's it's an amazing community um, where health costs are shared together as a community and you're a member although you work for them so you don't get any advantages you're the same as me so how's this work for you you're having a baby and you're a member of the community yeah you know you you basically just call and notify us at solidarity that that you have a pregnancy happening and you go do your normal prenatal stuff i mean you know you you talk to the doctor you, you choose your hospital you know we actually also share in midwifery as well so people want to do a birth center or a home birth uh, we'll we'll do all of that with them, and and the great thing is if you notify us ahead of time and you work it out, you know we'll you can just have the doctor send us the bills. But some hospitals and doctors have really great packages for for kind of uh, what they call a cash pay, you know, global package. And so if that happens, then you know we, you give us all that info and we'll pay the doctors in the hospital before you even get there, which is which was one of the coolest things for me when when uh, when our last one Zoe was born was that you know I, we walked in the hospital and it's like. Everything was paid for, so I was like, they eat the food, you know, like every meal they bring us, you know, we're doing the whole thing, and you know, we didn't have to go see anyone afterwards. When we were done, we were done, and um, you know, solidarity facilitates that. So the only part you're responsible for, uh, other, you know, obviously, um, it's really that un- that annual unshared amount, which is just you know the part that you pay out of pocket every year. So if you haven't met that annual unshared amount that year, then you're responsible for that for your family and. Uh, and then after that, solidarity will share in those needs. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's so great. And then, then once the baby's born, they remember. They remember, yeah. You know, we get, we often get that call the day the baby's born because there's, you know, they got to see a pediatrician or whatever's got to happen. You know, and all of that's that's again all part of it. You, your baby is is a member that day, and uh, they they get added to the account, and then you go through and do whatever needs there are. So, you know, and a lot of people wonder about like complications and all that kind of stuff. Again, once you're, you're there, you're there, the, the hospital's going to let us know if there's other bills we've got to pay, you know, things because of that. And, and we'll, we'll facilitate that for you. So, so that goes directly to solidarity. Does the, the patient or the member have to kind of fight the battle or, you know, deal with the the negotiations between, you know, the hospital? No, they really and, don't. I mean, okay. you know, again, if you want to ask your, your provider, hey, is there a cash pay discount? If you want to ask your hospital, otherwise we'll do that for you. We're not expecting you to go and, you know, barter with the doc or, or negotiate or, or haggle or anything like that. 
And so, and then we'll also handle those calls. A lot of times, you know, maybe the husband will call and tell the baby's added, and then we'll get a call from the hospital to approve maybe a circumcision or a, you know, whatever, whatever it is, some sort of visit or whatever needs to happen. And so we'll we'll have all those conversations for you. You just worry about taking care of your baby and celebrating this new life. And uh, it really is just an easy process. I have friends who have traditional insurance, and and they're just going through nightmares. I mean, you know, I <laughs> out of pocket. For uh, Zelly, it was fifteen hundred dollars was our annual insurance up. Right. Solidarity and total, I think, paid six thousand after you know everything was said and done. Right. And I had friends who were at the same exact hospital, and they it was like over twenty thousand by all was said and done. But they, you know, one of my friends had to pay ten thousand out of pocket. Wow. For a childbirth, you know, it's like at that point I'm gonna do it myself. You know, <laughs> it's just a lot of money. So, so we really try to ease that burden for everyone. And that's great. Um, yeah, it's always interesting when you add a member to your family, you got to go through this whole process of adding them to the health insurance. And the great thing about solidarity is that, you know, when, when the baby's born, they're part of the community. And, th- and this is the whole point, which, you know, I really want to kind of get into and ask you is it's a community. So explain that to me. Like, like we're a part of a community. This is all part of the, you, you talk about sharing, uh, Explain that a little bit more uh, to listeners. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, our members are putting the money in every month. And we are, as an organization, simply stewarding those dollars. So, you know, an amount goes out, obviously, to to pay the bills and, you know, keep the lights on and pay our employees and things. And then the rest of it is in its its separate, you know, uh, contributions kind of account and, you know, member escrow that is there. And then as those needs come through, we just share those among the members. And the other piece is that when you look at your share box, which is what something every member has, you look at the, your, your, your account and you can see, okay, this much money went out of my account this week towards Paul and Gretchen's new baby, you know? And, you know, it just says, you know, that goes to your family. I could then go on and leave a note and say, I hope you're well. I'm glad to know. Um, we were able to share this month, so that kind of thing. So I can be praying for you, you, you know, that those kind of things are there. Um, we certainly ask our members to pray for special needs that some of our members have. But the other piece, Paul, is one of the things I love is, you know, we just, we just kind of revamped our whole member services, um, focus and it's now called the member care team and, and hired a great new staff and just really helped them understand the mission of this community aspect. And one of the things they said to me when they were almost done with training is they said, can we have a daily huddle every morning where we can just pray for our members they are going to call? Wow. You know, so that's one of the, the biggest things that every single day our team gathers. They turn the phones off for, for two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, whatever time they need. They gather and they pray for our members. Wow. And that's, a, I think, one of the biggest aspects of building that community. Yeah, so, you know, we, we had um, a baby four months ago, so this conversation – for me is so, uh, it, you know, it's, 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 it's fresh in my mind, you know, and I have five kids and married and, you know, expenses are high. And there's a couple of things that I want to get into here because I think it's important to remind myself, but to get into this conversation for people is that there's two things, there's two other things. So there were really three things we talked about community, but there were two other things that are really fascinating to me about this is um, the next one is just affordability. So what I personally am looking at the cost of health insurance, like you said, you know, one of your friends paid out of pocket $10,000. You know, we weren't far from that, honestly. Um, And, you know, so solidarity is very attractive is the affordability of it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, and that that's one thing too. You add that family member, your price isn't going up unless you know if you were you know we have the we categorize it as a single, a couple, or a family. If you're a couple, you know you're going to move up to the family category. But once you're in the family category, um, you know we don't we don't keep increasing the price per child, and so that's another element of that that's great because often you know what are we thinking about as parents the thing in the back of our mind i mean we're all excited about the new baby but we're also a little anxious about how much more costs we're adding to the budget every every year you know right and so that's one of the great things is you're not going to get hit with a huge increase in your in your uh your sharing amount uh for having that so that's that's a big piece but 449 a month for our family and and 1500 for our annual and shared amount i mean that's something even on when I was back on a youth minister's salary, I could have afforded, you know? <laughs> so, yes, so it no. really is an affordable piece, which I think is also part of the, the mercy that we're offering is that we're, we're helping families because this is such a burden. So many families are saddled with. Yeah. So can you guys like put together a training team? This is just an idea, by the way, a training team to go into other Catholic organizations, dioceses and churches and, and train them how to be just with their employees <laughs> They're, they're Catholic employees of, who are trying to, you know, have families and do this thing. Because this is what I think is so great, is that you're trying to have a conscience mindset for people, cost, family. Uh, obviously, you want people to have family and have kids, you know. Um, so th- this is great, right? Like, this is what you're trying to promote yeah. and provide as a community. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's one of the, one of the biggest... Um, things that people overlook is what's happening. You know, there's a great, uh, there's, people want to Google it. There's a great um, TED talk called how healthcare stole the American dream, you know, huh. and it's all about this rising cost of health insurance over, over the last few decades, not just with Obamacare, but, you know, and, and how much that has saddled Americans because, you know, employers can't even increase their wages because every year they're taking an eight to 10 to 15% increase on the, on the, uh, insurance premiums for their employees, you know? Hmm. And so that's one of the biggest issues that's causing us to, to not be able to increase wages. And you're right. It's something as a church, we have to be really, yeah, the church, you know, just has to really deal with this and look at what are some ways that we can not only increase pay, pay but deal with these rising costs so that they can more equitably pay our employees. Cause you're right. We're losing lots of great, hmm. uh, you know, family life people and youth ministers, and even at the diocesan level, losing great people, uh, because they just have to make the decision to go into a, a regular workforce. And so it's an important thing that I think not just the leadership of the church, but also something, you know, we as lay people need to be helping our pastors and our our uh, diocese figure out ways to pay better so we can support the family. You're right. We lose a lot of a lot of employees, good people in in ministry because they just simply can't afford to stay in it. Uh, so. This is what solidarity. I think you know if more maybe schools or dioceses or whatever partner with you guys, it could lower their cost maybe on the healthcare end and provide good healthcare, and then it might be able to give them the ability to provide higher rate wages for people, right? To you know more substantial wages. And here's the last thing that I think is so cool. You know, I was reading about this, um, you know, through an email that I got. Uh, is is the conscience protection that you guys offer through solidarity? Uh, and this is huge for us as Christians that we don't often think about when it comes to healthcare. Yeah, you know, I think the big thing, you know, one of the big questions for folks is, you know, all the things around contraceptives obviously is a big one, 
But what about also, you know, the, the piece around end of life issues and, you know, even with um, certain things that, that are people are trying to different people are trying to push on us as Catholic families. You know, one of the things with the Solidarity Health Share, we're never going to play that game. I mean, we're going to protect your conscience. We're going to to um, follow the teachings of the church faithfully and help you do so and never going to challenge you or, or tell you to do something else. And so while there's some some lights, you know, in, in the government right now trying to help us with conscience protection. I still feel so much safer for my family being a part of this rather than going back into that system because we are intentionally building this program to, you know, help people live their faith. Yeah, it's so good to know that there may be some moral issues going on that maybe I'm not aware of. You guys are going to fight that battle on the back end or the front end, whatever you know, you want to call it and, you know, kind of partner along with me in the community of saying, you know, you don't have to always worry about, you know, the, the conscious conversation. We're going to handle that for you and we'll keep you up to date, but that that's good to know, you know, so you kind of keep us all within the, you know, the guardrails of, of what, you know, what the church is, is calling us to do and, and holiness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're and we're actively, as you know, I mean, we're actively in you know in conversations on the hill and and with other folks to try to you know continue to to push the envelope and and help bring back some sanity when it comes to allowing us the freedom to to practice our faith and not have to change you know check our morals at the door uh, when we go into into the workplace or wherever it is. So so it's it's an important part of the conversation and it's also a part of why important why we grow this community because the stronger this community is of ethical affordable health care the more of a voice we have you know and the, and the more that that it, it's shown to to the world that this kind of care is what people want so it's really really important it's why we we continue to just um i think it's why we're growing because people want to be a part of that movement so good man dude congratulations on the baby i praying for you guys i'm sure i'll talk to you you know obviously before the baby's born but certainly man best wishes it's exciting thank you yeah let's just get busier right Paul? I mean, we, don't, we don't have anything else to do so yeah you, you got to add on a room to your house or something like that but no stress don't worry i'm about gonna it. have to yeah so. <laughs> well thank you so much brother have a have a blessed week all right man appreciate you taking the time it's chris Fattis, solidarity health share we'll talk again bro talk to you later the Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the Paul George Show. Great to be with you. Great interview with Chris Fattis. Chris Fattis. Yeah, it's always good. Anyway, the whole time change thing, I'm onto this. Like, can we You're end really excited day, about daylight it. savings time? I don't know what happened with America. America. Feet, time changing. Yeah. Inches. Yeah. Pounds. I know. We didn't learn the metric system, which we should. We just can't relate to the rest of the world. It's interesting. All right. I have a quick game I want to play. You don't even know about this, actually. I don't. This is surprising. Okay. So I want you to pick 
a word or a phrase that you heard during the show so far that just was like popped out to you? I know why you're saying this. You do? Yeah. Okay. Because you have one. <laughs> I do, but... And it, I know what it is. Okay. <laughs> I have two. I actually have a word oh. and a phrase. Well, then I'll take one me. of those because it's probably the same one. When he said midwifery. Yes, that was one of them. What is a midwifery? Is that a word? I, I used to think whiffing was like smelling. <laughs> Get a whiff. But he actually said midwifery. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is that like a midwife who's in action? The action of midwifing, yeah. Midwifery. I guess so. I've never never quite heard it put that way. All right, what was the other word then? It wasn't a word. It was a phrase. <gasps> okay. On the hill. On the hill. On the hill. Boom. I mean, how how cool is it to say on the hill? That is pretty neat. Like if you you know, like if you had a job or whatever, you're like, I'm going on the hill. Wow. I'm going preach on the hill. I'm going Well, especially for us, we're from Louisiana the where meeting there's the hill. no hills here. So there's literally no hills. Yeah. Not zero. Like none. There's humps. People don't believe Speed that. Speed humps. Yeah. Speed bumps. <laughs> All right, so anyway, how about the six-pack questions? Question. Question number one, you kind of preempted me on this sucker, but he did say midwifery. Yes. And so my question to you is, do you have a favorite word? Besides midwifery now? Yeah, other than your new favorite. favorite no, I need to get my wife love. from saying her new favorite word. What? It's just driving me crazy. What? She says, oh, snap, all the time. <laughs> And I'm like, first of all, that's, it's getting a little it's a little much. And it sounds like it's an alternative for another word. So you got that from your kids? Maybe so. Oh, snap. But I'm trying to think if I have a favorite word. One that, um, when you hear it, just makes you smile. I have a friend that says this word all the time. It's just a simple word. He says jam. Just jam that in there. Just And he uses it all the jam time. It. But it, just jam it. And it's not a word that you use often, but when he says it, I laugh every time. Nice. Yeah. All right, question number two. Mm-hmm. You mentioned your new bebe. Four months old now, you said? Four and a half. So how's she doing? Dude, cheeks out to, I don't know, out she's the wazoo. Chubby cheeks? Yeah, I love them. I That's love good. them to death. She's got acorns. She's blending in, in. The family loves her. Right on. Yeah. And the older kids are doing well with her. Yeah, yeah, poor girl. She's just definitely deprived of love <laughs> and kisses. Yeah. I love being the youngest child. So, Adeline Lucia. Adeline Lucia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's going to rock it. I was the youngest child. Not to say she is. You might have another one. I don't so, know, you know, but. I don't know. I can't remember. There's a lot of things we don't remember about babies because our youngest, Claire, is 10. And we have a baby. When do you know their eye color? So, there's this debate. Everyone in our family besides me has brown eyes. Okay, mm-hmm. My wife has these beautiful brown eyes, and they all got them. I don't. I have hazel. So there's debate on what color eyes she's going to have. Statistics show she's going to have brown, but her eyes are no color. Like, they're all different colors right now. So mm-hmm. I don't know at what point does By the baby... six months, you can call it. Really? By six months, you can call it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking to the baby pro right now. <laughs> I got a baby right now. <laughs> you do? Um, yeah, by six months. Okay. Yeah. All right. Question number three. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that, which was kind of cool to think about it, but you mentioned when people go from a couple to a family, the rate increases, but then it stays after that, yeah. which is cool. But the idea of going from a couple to a family, what was that like 
for you and Gretchen when y'all went from a couple to a family? What was the transition like? That's a great question. You know, because I think when you get married, um, when you get married and you have you don't have kids, you're almost still kind of you're single together. I, I don't have you know if you can ca- kind of follow me here. Like so, you have you're single before you get married, and you have the the single life. You get married, you're just you're kind of si- single, living in the same house, and you're learning how to be married as two individuals. But n- there's not a whole lot that throws you off yet. Right until you have a baby, and it's like, oh, there's a third person now in here. We're no longer really like kind of single together. We're we're trying to figure out how to live life as a unit. Everything begins to change. Our time, our commitment, our rhythm, our flow, and so I think it's really when you have a child that really begins to teach you how to be family. Right? Yeah. For me, that was you know obviously it was all new, being married, having a kid. And so you kind of learn as you go, you know, and so it drastically changed everything, you know, when we can go out at night, you know, what kind of social mm-hmm. commitments we had, you know, all, all the activities we used to do. But you learn as you sacrifice those things and then you begin to find great happiness and peace in the family instead of fighting it, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people want to continue the single lifestyle and try to blend the family and the kid into it, and it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, I'm not saying that you have to give up your hobby or whatever the case may be, but within balance, within the lens of the family, not outside the lens of the family. Yeah. Be a family guy or gal. Yeah. Just do it. Rock it. Enter in. Enter in. Jam it. Jam it in there. <laughs> Question number four. Did I hear correctly a little rumor that you're a TV star now? Something what happened today? Well, today is Media Day 2018. So I did a, a television appearance, a local television on the morning show about my book coming out and then came here to the studio. So it's kind of one of those mornings. And how'd it go? It, it was short and sweet. You know, I talked about the book and, and, you know, what it's about and when it's coming out, the whole deal. And so I, I don't know if I'm I, – I always say I have a great face for – radio <laughs> so i don't know how it was on, on tv but I, I didn't like freeze i wasn't like good camera shy to where i like froze yeah and she was like hey you there great that didn't happen now are you like two or three feet taller than her for the interview how did well that... we were sitting in chairs perfect which which made us the com- chair is the great neutralizer it is the equalizer <laughs> for sure <laughs> all right so question number five follow up to that when does your book come out yeah when so uh, if you've pre-ordered on Amazon or Ave Maria Press or Barnes and Nobles, you may be getting it now. What? So I got my like pre- today. You know, so as the author, I I order books and then I can sell them when I go speak and stuff. So uh, some people are getting those as we speak, but technically it comes out April 26th, which is next Friday. So if actually you're in Louisiana or Lafayette area, uh, we're doing a book release signing party at Acadian Religious on Johnson from 11 to 2 on the 27th. And so that'll be fun just to kind of yeah. do it. But if you can't do that, you can order the book or order 10 or 100 or a million. Yeah. You can order as many as you now, want. Now, do you get like an extra book if you order a million? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. They'll probably give you a free one. So anyway, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's out. I, I've actually, it's been so long since I've read the book or, you know, like, because it, it's been off out of my hands. Yeah. That I've actually been reading my own book. And you're like, to wow, kind of refresh like what I wrote. 
And I was reading chapter 10 this morning. Like I just skipped. I was like, I need a refresher on this. So I was sitting waiting for the TV interview and I was reading chapter 10. And I really needed to read it because hmm. it's all about pace. Uh, it's all about living at God's pace for us. And that's where we really begin to find true happiness when we live at his pace for our life. And as I'm reading this and I'm rushing from one thing to the next <laughs> right in my life right now, it was a good reminder for me. And so anyway, it's been kind of cool. That is awesome. Yeah. All right. Question number six. So your book's coming out this month. Congrats. Thank you. Let's say six months from now, yep. everything goes as great as you could possibly hope. Right. What is the effect that your book has? So the book's called Rethink Happiness. Uh, so you can search that on the interwebs and it'll come up. You can go on Amazon, type it in, Ave Maria Press, Barnes & Noble, type it in. You can go to my website. Uh, it's there. Rethink Happiness. When I, when I sat and wrote the book, I didn't really think I want to write a book and I want to be an author and I want this to sort of be a a badge of honor, you know, to have, I really began to think of what is the message I want to communicate to people and what will transform people's lives. And so I started with the conversation that's happening in my own life, in my own heart, and then in conversations I've been having with people, which is all around, they're finding true authentic happiness and getting lost in that conversation of what the world offers or the culture or the chaos of life, right? So I sat down and when you write a book, like you're writing your thesis right now for your, for your master's degree, you understand that writing becomes a real discipline. Most times mm -hmm. when you sit down to write, you're not excited about it. Right. Because there's a lot of work and effort that go into it. So you have to have a deeper purpose for writing it. If you don't, it just becomes very useless. You know, it becomes a, something you just want to quit. And there were times I thought about that, but I always just thought about the person who could potentially read the book and maybe have a conversion, maybe have a change, maybe move forward in their life of faith and hope and happiness. And that's what kept me writing. That's why I wanted to write it. Mm -hmm. And so that was my original mission for it, and, as, and that's what kept me writing through it in all the hours in a coffee shop or locked in my room trying to get this out for, yeah. for, for people. I'm so glad you put it that way because I think most of us don't realize the small adjustments to the way we see life or things right. that could make the biggest difference. And I'm talking like, you know, life-changing. I actually enjoy my life 100% more kind of difference, but it's really just looking at things a little bit differently. And that's what I love about the book is that it's it's just chock full of that kind of thing. And um, anyway, so I, yeah, congrats, man. I think it's going to make a big impact on everybody reads it. Why not? Why not? I mean, get it out there. And I hate any type of self-promotion. So I could really care less. I'd much rather other people talk about it. But I do, at the end of the day, um, really feel like if it could get in the hands of people, the right people, like something can happen in their heart and their life. Mm -hmm. And that, that's really ultimately, um, why I want to do it. Like just to be completely transparent, authentic, you don't make hardly any money writing a book, especially right. as a Catholic. Even risk author. losing money. Yeah. You could, you know, so at the end of the day, like, you know, when, when I buy the book and sell it, you know, when I'm speaking, I don't make much profit on that. Trust me on that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, I won't sell enough, mm -hmm. you know? 
Unless it goes viral and we sell millions and millions and millions. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, so at the end of the day, you have to have a deeper purpose for doing this, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why you and I show up. That's why we do the work we do is because we believe that the mission of Christ uh, is is moving us to do things. And so my hope is is for that. And so I do appreciate that. So you can get the book. Uh, and here's some exciting news, right? So... Uh, you can go to paulgeorge.la. It's got all my information in the book, but you can also go to the nonprofit site. Um, the ministry work that we do, it's called discovertheartofliving.com, which you helped. Um, and you can go to the donation page. You can make a donation to support the show mm-hmm. or to support the ministry. And uh, if you make a donation of $20, $20 or more, I'll just send you a free book. Hey, now, will it be signed? Yeah, I can sign <gasps> it. Yeah, yeah. Not that it really matters, but yeah. So go to discovertheartofliving.com and you can donate $20 or more. I'll send you a book or you can just, you know, donate to support the show and all the ministry efforts that we do is up on that site. I'm going to so do that right now. I do want to right now. say thank you for helping me with that, by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to go do that right now. Midwifery. I'm going to do it. Midwifery. Midwifery. Is that like mid-smelling? Like mid-whiff? I'm in the mid of a whiff. Yeah, I can't go there. I have so many thoughts going through my <laughs> mind right now. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening in. It's the Paul George Show. We'll be back next week. God bless.